0: If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate with a friend for their promotion, baby, wedding, life thingy. Celebrate your team winning a big game. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2022, where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving your couch. Check out Drizzly, the most convenient way to buy beer, wine, and spirits right from your phone or computer and have it delivered right to your doorstep in under 60 minutes. Drizzly is the number one app for alcohol delivery. Download it from your app store or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Plus, Drizzly is currently giving every new customer five dollars off their first order just use promo code fast five at checkout so keep on keeping that couch warm by downloading the drizzly app or go to drizzly.com that's d-r-i-z-l-y.com use promo code fast five for five dollars off your first order today on the zabe cast the nfl draft is finally here and i've got my ironclad 10 rules on how to ace this thing year after year and you'll get it for free I hope there's some GMs listening. Why are batters getting pelted so much this spring? Spoiler alert, they're not. Plus, Olivia Wilde, you just got served. Your bonus, uncensored, extra 30 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Thursday, April 28, 2022. Thank you for downloading. Better late than never, right? Sorry I did not deliver the podcast this morning at 4 a.m. sharp, which I normally do. There's reasons behind it. One is I was traveling on Wednesday. Two is I was under the weather. Three is I had commitments at night. Four is well, shit. If I can't take A day off. And I'm not really even taking a day off. I just, I'm late by about eight hours. Mm, 12 hours. Yeah, that's about it. You know, if I can't take a day off or be late by 12 hours on my own podcast, oh my God. Of course, somebody saw a tweet of mine. So the email went out that said I was sick. And that is true. I am under the weather. But not sick enough that I took off from my day job, Ninety-seven through The Game, in Milwaukee. And I also put out a tweet thanking the good folks at Jolly Good Soda, a Wisconsin company, for sending me product. I'd never had it before. It's quite delicious and festive and wonderful. And they were like, I thought you were too sick today to do a podcast. Okay. Okay, Mr. Man. Anyway, I'm here. There is stuff I do want to talk about. I want to get some stuff on the record before the draft. And then we can go ahead and do a post-draft recap. How, do, how does my voice sound? I, I do sound a little bit sick, don't I? Yeah. Anyway, we press ahead. Let me start with this. Rules on how to win the NFL draft. Rule number one, watch a lot of college football. I know, this sounds silly that I have to put it as number one, right? You know, college football is a great place to go, hey, this game is as close as we'll get to the actual NFL. It's not nearly the NFL. There's a huge leap yet to be made from those who can play on Saturday versus those who can play on Sunday, but it's the closest thing we got. And, wow, these players that are playing, you can you can glean a lot by watching them play in college. So I say, number one, watch a lot of college football if you want to ace the NFL draft if you're an NFL team because sometimes it just seems like teams don't, Do, number one, watch a lot of college football. Number two, top 10 ways to ace the NFL draft year after year. Do not watch anything from the combine. Oh, that's fine if you want to get some numbers sent to you on a spreadsheet or perhaps a medical report, but even that is not necessary. You're going to know the basic dimensions, height and weight. You're going to get medical reports and red flags when they're appropriate. There is nothing at all to see at the Combine. It is the dumbest thing ever. All you can do at the Combine is irrationally fall in love with a player you should not be falling in love with. That's number two. Number three, top ten ways to ace the draft of the NFL year after year. Number three. Do your research on a guy that you're picking like you're a private eye or better yet, the FBI. I mean, dig, dig, and then dig. Talk to everybody. Get to know how is this guy? How does he tick? What's his level of, you know, professionalism? Does he practice? Is he nice to grandmas walking across the street? Everything. Do your research. Number four, top ten ways to ace the NFL draft every year. College production is overrated. Unless it isn't. And that's going to vary from time to time. Number five, measurables. Height, weight, speed, three-cone drill, etc. Measurables are overrated. Unless they aren't. And you've got a real freakish athlete who could be sick on Sundays. Number six. Guys who have attitude and drug problems never, ever fix them unless they end up getting their life together, which does happen. Number seven, if you love a guy, I mean love a guy, and it looks like, oh no, oh no, he's going to get picked by somebody else, guess what? Love somebody else. There's a whole pile of players, many of whom are undrafted, will be undrafted, that will actually make NFL teams. If you love a guy, hope he's there. This whole trading up to get the guy you want. Hey, I got news for you. You ain't that smart as a team. You don't know the guy that you love is worth trading up for. So don't. Number eight, top 10 ways to ace the NFL draft every single year. Thank you. This is free. Take it, general managers. Run with it. Number eight, bring a dog into the war room. Lightens the mood. Look at how adorable. Bill Belichick's Akita was during the pandemic draft of 2020. Dogs plus draft plus war room equals good picks. It's science. Number nine, top 10 ways to ace the draft every year. Guaranteed. Always call the Jets, the Browns, and the Commanders just to see if they're willing to make a completely dumb trade. Always Run through those three teams and just check first because you you never know when they're about to do something stupid. And the number 10 rule on how to win the NFL draft year after year. Remember, this is a crapshoot. Buy more lottery tickets and you'll almost surely do better. There you go. I gave all that to you absolutely for free. Now to a more serious angle on the NFL draft, the Packers and Jordan Love. It was two years ago, basically today, that the Packers stunned everybody by taking a quarterback in the first round while Aaron Rodgers was still on the team, still quite viable as a player, although not coming off an MVP season that particular draft night. And they weren't quite sure how the nearly 36-year-old quarterback, how long he was going to play. So they moved up slightly. They traded up to take Jordan Love. They have high hopes for him still to this date. However, he has barely played in two full seasons as Rodgers is his is, is backup. I get the basic premise of what they tried to do. They tried a layering strategy at the most important position in the game. And in theory, and on paper, makes sense, right? As Andrew Brandt, who likes to constantly remind us he was there when they drafted Rodgers and they did this same thing with with Favre the 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 worst time to go looking for a quarterback is when you absolutely need one much better to have one you're already grooming to take over the problem is twofold one they pulled that off once in a seamless ish kind of way and it wasn't that seamless by the way with Favre it was a am i quitting, am I coming back, what am I doing bit of drama year after year at the end of it and then Rodgers comes along and is like look, I want to play at some point so it wasn't seamless number one and number two like it's like hitting an inside straight, they got lucky, they hit an the inside straight, they got lucky, they'll say oh no we, we saw that Rodgers was really good but the rest of the league had said now nah, we don't we don't see it now they made a huge huge mistake by letting him drop all the way to twenty four. But the layering thing, in theory, it's a nice idea. It's only really been done once. And I don't think it's I don't think it's a practical way to try to go about it. I think you have to, if you've got a good quarterback, ride right up until the wheels fall off, like Pittsburgh did, and then they're going to pick up the pieces this year, probably suck and then figure it out going forward. So the Jordan Love situation, the other problem with it is even if jordan loves takes takes over let's say after this year let's say rodgers is one and done on this new contract which i don't think is the case but the way the deal is structured it's not impossible let's say jordan love takes up right away and becomes a solid qb1 a guy you can really depend on like hey this guy is good he does have it and yes This is our guy for the next several years at a minimum, if not longer. And maybe he'll be really, really, really good. Even if he does, you'll have taken three years of a zero with a first-round pick. Never underestimate or forget that time lost with a number one pick producing for you, you can never get it back. It's not ideal. You do not want to do that. Number one picks should contribute to your team right away be nice if they could be starters right away if you're drafting at a position of need or one where you can play multiple guys at the position you drafted. but when you take a zero on a first round pick for three straight years that that's bad. that first round pick could have been used on somebody who is contributing to your team those three years and then continues to do so afterwards. Now, if Jordan Love is really really great, then no one's going to care. But that's just a very risky move, in my opinion, and is inefficient. Even A.J. Dillon, early second-round pick, who everybody loves now because, yeah, he's a great battering ram back uh, who comes in to clean things up in fourth quarters when the Packers are ahead uh, and to give them tough yardage. He is a guy that's taken to Door County, Wisconsin, to the point where he's practically the mayor of Door County. Wait, do mayors, do do counties have mayors? Whatever. But he didn't basically play at all his first year. Got a few, oh, by the way, carries as a rookie and a little bit more his second year. He's finally coming on. Rashawn Gary, who's a really good defensive end now for the Packers, also took a year and a half to ramp up. He was a first-round pick. I'm not saying it was a bad pick, but it tends to get overstated or overlooked. Like, yeah, he's a great pick. How can you criticize that? Well, you wasted a year and a half on both Gary and A.J. Dillon and... You've taken a zero on Jordan Love. It's not the most efficient way to do things. Now, what about a different strategy? By the way, the layering thing was tried with RG3 and Kirk Cousins, and how did that work out? RG3 didn't like the fact at all that Kirk was even on the roster and tried to do everything he could to make sure he never saw the field, but he did eventually, and he ended up being the more long-term, viable quarterback than Robert, and that, I'm sure, still Chaps his ass to this day. But RG3 being the second overall pick and Kirk being a third rounder, even that amount of separation was not enough to sort of blunt the friction and the awkwardness that was going on. So the other strategy I said was since quarterback is the most important position in the NFL, and if teams desperately want to try to find the guy, why couldn't you do a sort of a pitch till you win? Strategy like your dad with a fistful of dollars at the carnival at a game where you're like, Here you go, son, try it again. Here's another dollar. Here's another dollar. Pitch till you win, as the saying goes. Why couldn't you take a quarterback with the first pick of the draft or with your first round pick, wherever that is, every year until you know you've got a guy? And worst case scenario, you pick one more guy than you need at quarterback. And then you can go ahead and have the luxury of trading that guy. In theory, the pitch till you win strategy would work. But I think in reality, it would have many problems. Notably, the problem is teams, when they draft quarterbacks, especially high in the first round, invest emotionally in a marketing sense and in an organizational sense with this is the guy. He is our savior. And any distraction, anything that takes away from that becomes negative energy. And you could, in theory, say, well, we're going to pick another quarterback this year and we'll we'll let him fight it out. Sort of like <laughs> prison fights. We'll just see who's the stronger one that comes out of the prison fight in, in training camp and we'll go with him. I think it would be a disaster if a team tried to do that. It's kind of like the Nightingale theory Theory in gambling: the Nightingale, did I say Nightingale? Martingale. The Martingale is a class of betting strategies that originated from and were popular in 18th century France. The simplest of the strategy was designed for a game in which the gambler wins if the stake wins his stake if a coin comes up heads or loses heads or tails. The strategy had the gambler double the bet after every loss so that the first win would recover all previous losses, plus win a profit equal to the original stake. So he kept doubling your bet plus a bit, doubling it plus a bit, so you'd always get out of your losing streak eventually. Since the gambler would almost surely eventually flip heads, the key to the martingale is, Strategy was that you had had to have that the gambler has to have infinite wealth, and that the exponential growth of the bets can quickly bankrupt unlucky gamblers who end up catching a really, really long streak of one side of a 50 50 proposition heads versus tails, red versus black, and roulette. Although I know there's green, so that's not true. True 50 50. You can have if you flip coins long enough. Go and, you know, kill some time someday. Flip coins long enough. See if you can do, like, you know, what's your long streak of one side or the other. It doesn't take more than 10, 11, 12 in a row, which can happen, to bankrupt you. So I would say that the pitch till you win at quarterback in the NFL is sort of like the Nightingale theory in gambling. All right, let me uh, take a moment. Speaking of gambling, my bookie. You know what you need in a sports book? Solid lines, lots of fun features, futures, exotics, you name it. Good odds on parlays, special promotions, a robust website and robust app. Able to use it in all 50 states, not just your particular state like some of these guys. And most important, you need a site that's going to pay out when you win. Because guess what? Winning is nice, but Mr. Exit always tells us getting paid is even nicer. Why I've been with my bookie now for almost five years, long before these other guys came along, and I can personally vouch for them. It's what I use, it's what you should use, mybookie.com. Here's a good one for you Who will play an NBA regular season game first? This is on mybookie.com Zion Williamson or Ben Simmons? <laughs> Let's see. Well, Zion, hurt, overweight, but going into a summer of rehab. You'd think he'd be ready to go out of the gate to start next year. Well, that's probably why he's minus 150, the slight favorite. Simmons, meanwhile, he's hurt, but with a back injury, nobody is quite sure of is it real or not. And who knows if he's going to be on a new team. Who knows if he even still wants to basketball. Do you basketball still, bro? I think I'm going to take Simmons plus 110 just for the fun of it. That's my bet at mybookie.com. Have fun. Get some sweet action. Bet with your head not over it. And when you do, use my promo code at mybookie. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, so they know that I sent you. You got served. That was a movie back in uh, 1994, I believe it is. I don't understand exactly. Somebody who is a lawyer or is a process server can explain it. But Jason Sudeikis, a.k.a. Ted Lasso, brilliant actor, very funny, great range, not just a funny guy, great range as an actor. He's really good, was apparently married to Olivia Wilde, and they're getting divorced, and I guess she had to be served the divorce papers, and so a process server literally got the papers in the hands of Olivia Wilde while she was on stage presenting her new movie at CinemaCon. There's photographs of it, videos of it as well. Now, to her credit, she didn't stop. She didn't break down crying. She looked at the papers briefly and then went right along. Deadline Hollywood wrote, like something out of a hackneyed Hollywood plot, the mysterious envelope picked up by Don't Worry Darling director and star Olivia Wilde during her CinemaCon presentation last night for their New Line movie were legal documents from Ted Lasso star Jason Sudeikis. It's our understanding as the deadline that the manila envelope, marked personal and confidential, was placed on stage where custody papers uh, were for the primetime Emmy winner. She was handed a manila envelope from a woman who slid it on stage in the middle of the presentation, asking her, this is for me? After opening the documents, Wilde carried on without blinking and showed the trailer of the film she directed, starring her boyfriend Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, which was greeted with huge applause from the crowd. Now, Sudeikis has, I think, a reputation of being a fairly decent fella. And his character in Ted Lasso is also portrayed as, you know, the quirky guy with the heart of gold. So Sudeikis doesn't look good in this. However, reps for Sudeikis said they had no knowledge of the plans to serve Ms. Wild and would never condone being served in such an inappropriate manner. That said, I think the way it works is unless your spouse, husband or wife, is amenable and fully on board with the divorce, that sometimes you got to get creative to get Physically, the paper's in the hands of the person you're divorcing. You can't just say, I emailed them to you. You can't even say, I mailed them to you. You can't even say, I think that, oh, I FedEx them with a you know receipt, a received receipt, copy, whatever, uh, delivery confirmation. Apparently, that's not enough. You got to get them in the hands of people. But that leads to the great line of, you got served. No one has a business like yours with all of its strengths and challenges. To succeed, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Find great talent faster with Indeed Instant Match. Assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is unbelievably powerful, delivering four times more hires than all of the job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, Indeed.com slash Zabe. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Offer good for a limited time. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app. and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Why are batters getting hit so much in baseball this spring? Spoiler alert, they're not. Great story from my friend Britt Giroli at the Athletic, because there was a big hub up on Wednesday. The Mets got drilled again for the 19th time on the year. The Cardinals uh, were their opponent. There was a, not quite brawl, but certainly a dust-up, a kerfuffle, a hullabaloo. (laughs) Cardinals pitchers were leaping over the outfield bullpen wall to come running at full speed into the fray. Mets pitchers, are or Mets hitters are fed up with it, but why is it happening? Why are wire why hit batsmen up this spring? Guess what? They're not. But that seems to be the easy, lazy narrative. And maybe I fell for it too. Just listening to some of the quotes from some of the players, players are pitching about the ball. They're saying, ah, I can't control the ball. It's Slippery. It's different every time. What the hell's going on? Bring back spider tech. Others are saying it's a dead ball. It's not flying as far. That's why home runs are down. We won't really kind of know the shape of the picture, until we get further into the season. But so far, now that we're closing out the month of April, get this. The hit-by-pitch numbers over the course of a season are 1.14 so far this year per plate appearance. 1.14% per plate appearance this year hit-by-pitch. All of last year, 2021, the hit-by-pitch per plate appearance percentage was one13 so, in other words, indistinguishable. Okay, well, what about this? April tends to be a colder month, obviously, and so con- therefore control in colder months is oftentimes not as good. So, let's just go April to April. Well, guess what? If you go April to April, last year, batters were being hit 1.38% in April. This year, it's one14 So, in other words, it is actually down. So if you hear somebody say, well, people are getting plunked a lot in baseball. What's going on here? Well, the answer is they're actually not. It's less than last year. Now, the Mets are getting it more than anybody. This article by Giroli in The Athletic went through a litany of issues, including a percentage of being busted inside, a percentage of inside pitches to both lefties and righties, and the Mets have a bunch of righties who they're coming inside on, and that's why they're getting hit. They also seem to have on their roster now Something like five of the top ten most recent hit-by-pitch guys. So some guys are more prone to getting hit by pitches than others. Sage Steele is suing ESPN, alleging the company breached her contract and violated her rights to free speech. The reaction to this has been fairly predictable by many, saying, oh, she looks like she knows she's not going to get renewed and she's going to... Parlay this into a Fox News television gig. Yeah, okay, whatever. I'm biased because I know Sage, and I have a ton of respect for her. And what she said, which got her in trouble, back in September, ESPN's vaccine mandate, she called it sick and, quote, scary to me. Days later, from the same podcast with Jay Cutler, a clip made the rounds of Steele making comments about Barack Obama's black father. Soon after, she apologized, didn't do anything, and was taken off the air, but she also tested positive for COVID-19. Her lawsuit claims that she had had prime assignments taken away from her and that the company did nothing regarding internal bullying and harassment. I don't know if any of that is true. ESPN counters back she was never suspended, that she was off the air because of COVID and that alone, and that she was still given prime assignments like SportsCenter, in prime time, in the evening, 6 o'clock sports center, as well as doing stuff from Augusta National. Anyway, we'll see if the lawsuit has merit. Um, she ended up getting vaccinated uh, against her wishes because, you know, she she wanted the job. She wanted the money. It's something a lot of people had to do. Which, oh, by the way, speaking of, here's another one. Double-masked, shielded, and quadruple Jabbed Maxine Waters, congresswoman, just tested positive for COVID. And apparently Kamala Harris is taking Pavlovics or something like some drug, experimental drug that is not available to most people. It's very expensive uh, to treat COVID even though she supposedly has no symptoms after being double-masked and quadruple-vaxxed. Funny how that is. Elon Musk is just throwing stuff out there on Twitter. He said, next, I'm going to buy Coca-Cola and put the cocaine back into it. Yes. True fact. Once upon a time, the drink Coca-Cola had a little tiny amount of cocaine, you know, the stuff that, Hey man, was say hello to my little friend in it. Well, he was joking. Of course. Then somebody did a photoshop of an Elon Musk tweet uh, of an Elon Musk tweet in which he supposedly said now i'm going to buy all the mcdonalds and fix all the ice cream machines to which musk replied listen i can't do miracles okay i don't know if it's a miracle but something is definitely happening i have noticed a change in the temperature a change in the wind on my usage of twitter and so I've been reading about some people saying, wow, are you getting a lot more followers all of a sudden? Yeah, me too. What's going on? Okay. So I, I went to a site called Social Blade and I went to look up my uh, recent follower acquisitions. And sure enough, you go back in time. My account basically would bounce between plus two, minus one, minus two, minus one, no change, minus one, minus eight, no change, plus 10, no change, plus two, minus one. That's sort of the shape of how my followers went going backwards. But right on the day that Musk closed his deal, that would be 426, Tuesday, April 26th, all of a sudden I went plus 30, plus 18, plus 19. Now, these are modest numbers, especially for a 51,000 follower account. But in terms of comparing those three days since Musk took over to the uh previous however many days, where I'm usually plus one, minus one, plus two, minus two, it's a big difference right there. Be interesting to see if once Musk takes Musk takes operational control, if he peels back the details on, well, here's what happened and here's how it was happening. Be interested to hear. About that. Dateline commanders. They definitely need more offense. Not just Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin. But more. A tweet from a guy. Who follows me. Uh, called Disco. Good guy. Smart guy. He writes. Washington has not had a dynamic offense since they had. Kirk Cousins. Pierre Garcon. Deshaun Jackson. Jordan Reed and Alfred Morris and Chris Thompson. More importantly, they have a chance to finally land some talent on offense and on defense at the same time. Get it right, this draft. I was thinking about that, and I'm like, yeah. That offense, compared to now for the Commanders, it looks like it's a light ship. And at the time, I thought, that's a nice offense. It's a nice offense. It's going all right. Kirk is pretty good, but it's not anything special, I didn't think. But looking back, I think it definitely uh, was better than we perhaps gave it credit for. Oh, boy, here we go, Alec Baldwin. Videos and interviews with police have been released now in the Fatal Helena Hutchins shooting on the set of the movie Rust in New Mexico, and I'm not going to bet anything that actually Alec Baldwin faces justice in this or gets sent to any kind of jail for any crime, but I've been reading more and more legal analysts saying, oh no, involuntary manslaughter, which would carry jail time some amount is still very much in the picture, depending on how this thing goes. What I can't believe... So I saw the video of him shooting the gun. And yeah, his hand was on the trigger. And yes, he pulled the trigger. So don't say, I didn't pull the trigger. You you pulled the trigger. Like, that to me is not even arguable, watching the footage of him pull the trigger. The other thing is, he actually sat down and talked to police detectives in New Mexico shortly after the shooting. That... What an idiot. He did so thinking, well, I'm not being charged with anything, am I? And they say, oh, no, no. It's just we have to read you your Miranda rights. It's a procedural thing. Hey, dummy. If deputies are mirandizing you, shut up. <laughs> like, that's because they consider you a possible suspect and a possible crime. That's why we have the right in this country, at least for now, of not having to talk to the police against our will. Nothing against the police. I'm pro-police. But nothing good comes from you talking to police. If they think you could have been involved in a crime, guess what? It's up to them to gather the evidence. It's up to them to mount the case. And it's up to a jury in a court of law with a judge presiding And you, with your full legal defense, countering what that evidence may be in order for them to send you to jail. If you blab, though, like Alec Baldwin did, then you could be setting yourself up. I I was stunned when I saw that he had actually talked to police in that manner. I like Jerry Jones. I cannot lie. I just think he's funny. Now, I'm sure Cowboy fans who think he's been mismanaging the franchise would disagree, but here was a clip with Jarrah, Big Mac, Mike McCarthy in the middle, and his son Steven up at the podium talking about what the Cowboys draft war room structure is like. Our process is an inclusive one. We've said it. There's a lot of talk in this business about who makes the call, who actually makes the call. Okay. Uh, Taco was Steven's call. <laughs> Taco Charlton. Parson. Parson. Parson is Micah my Parson. Parsons. No, that's not that funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how can you not like Jerry Jones? And I'm sure your answer would be, yeah, I'll tell you how I can't like him. Uh, I'll tell you why you don't think he's bad. Zabe, you don't have to worry about him fucking up your team. Otherwise, you'd hate him, like many of us Cowboy fans. And then there's this. My goodness, what a time to be alive. We apparently are going to have now a ministry of truth in the good old United States of America. The Biden administration has set up, under the Homeland Security Department, a disinformation governance board dedicated to combating Dangerous or un-American or perhaps subversive information. A ministry of truth. Exactly as what George Orwell had predicted all these years ago. And better yet, it's led by a woman who aggressively pitched laptop disinformation about Biden's son. Saying, "Ah, oh, no, this is a Russian intel op. This is... This is just a mystery. No, actually, it's true. It was was all true. The ministry of truth is here. All the while, our fearless leader is standing in front of the podium at times like this, showing such sharp command of running the country. That will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their their ill-begotten gains. We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. (laughs) Kleptocracy and the guys who are the kleptocracies. (laughs) But these are bad guys. These are bad guys. (laughs) I laugh. Because what else can you do but laugh? There he is, leader of the free world. This is fine, some say. This is fine. All right, that's it for me today. Thanks for listening. Spread the word. Rate and review as always. Tomorrow, after round one of the NFL draft is in the books, I'll be right back here in front of the microphone in the middle of the day to give you my thoughts on how the NFL draft went. Winners, losers, report cards, grades, I'll have none of that. I'll have major sort of, you know, it's kind of funny that so-and-so did this, or, wow, I didn't know that that was going to happen, or not sure i would have done that or did you see that guy's suit and how about so-and-so's mom wasn't she wonderful you know that kind of post round one nfl draft analysis thanks for listening thanks for bearing with me i'm gonna go take a nap right now and i will see you next time